You're listening to a Flawless Noises Media Network production. Hello and greetings all. Welcome back to another episode of the Ratchet Ramblings podcast presented to you by Flawless Noises Media. Hopefully y'all asses are staying your motherfucking ass in the goddamn house because ain't no guy got time to be playing with y'all. Um, I am one of your hosts. I am Jeremy. I go by Black Dante on Twitter um, and aka um, Cynthia needs to let go and let wig. And I'm joined by Hey everybody, it's Candace. You can find me on all social media. It's not so newlywed PC. Uh, my AKAs today include uh, Missy responded to me on Twitter. And my favorite one will be the ecstasy pill that Sean Garrett was on last night. Yeah. <laughs> let me so let me tell you, you something. Before we, before we get into the shows, um, I appreciate these artists and producers for giving us something while we're stuck in the house with these battles. But if you're going to be on a bean and let it whoop your ass, don't get on nobody's IG live. looking stupid. <laughs> okay. Whatever Sean Garrett was on last night, them drugs whipped his ass. He couldn't yeah. keep the mirrors out the camera. He looking lusty. He's squeezing his eyes so tight. He looked like them trolls from Frozen. His hair <laughs> dyed blind, but it looked dirty. It's just he had a lot of shit going on. That tone. His mouth almost got him in trouble. Uh, trying to talk shit to the dream. And then Jay Z called him like, my man, relax. Hey, okay. yo, Sean. Sean to Sean. Um, and the other thing is, if you're not going to give a showmanship the way Swiss Beats and Timberland does, don't do it. Because nobody wants to watch y'all looking bored on IG Live playing songs for two, three hours. Make it fun. Make it interesting. Make it playful. But don't do whatever the fuck Sean Garrett was doing last night. If you're going to fuck around, fuck around expeditiously. Like, I and missed I, it because my ass was asleep, but I just logged back on to uh, Twitter, and all I I'm saw a, was just, like, a thread of gifts I'm and memes of him. I'm going to tell you what it is. So, it wasn't that good of a battle because they rested all their laurels on the fact that they have worked with Beyonce for a very long time. And hmm. to me, when you go into a Beyonce set, that's an automatic cheat code just because she's Beyonce. Yeah you got to dig deeper than that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Sean Garrett was responsible. He don't work with a whole Beyonce. lot of good people. They both Sean Garrett and the dream have worked with a whole yeah. lot of good people. Um, but they we just hit. kept, they just kept going back to Beyonce, Beyonce, Beyonce. And I was just like, okay, this is boring. Like, I mean, no, I mean, no harm, but at this point we know the dream did single ladies. Uh, yeah. We know he also did partition if I'm not mistaken. We know Sean Garrett did 
uh, irreplaceable. He's responsible for a lot of her early 2000 hits. And then the dream come in with her 2010 hits for the for the tw- that decade. So mm-hmm. I mean, I get it. Um, but do better. Like, don't just rest on Beyonce. So they didn't do nothing but Beyonce. Basically, primarily Beyonce. Dream did some of his own catalog. Sean Garrett did like he he worked on Jamie Foxx's first or second album, which both are classics to me. Um, they 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 put in a little Rihanna here and there, but that was it. Nothing else. Um, Sean Garrett, Sean Garrett played yeah, which to me that made him win the battle because nobody has a yeah. You know what I'm saying? And right now, nobody has anything as successful and as something that stuck the way that yeah did when it hit the radios. Yeah. So yeah, they still play. They should not. Yeah. Mm. That's oh, yeah. disappointing. That's disappointing because, like, again, we know Beyonce. We know she's the cheat code, but it's not like y'all haven't worked with shit. The Rihanna bag, shit. Let's not sleep on Rihanna. Shit. Let's I'm surprised he didn't go in let's her go bag. Let's go in the Rihanna bag. Let's go in the Mary yeah. J. Blige bag. Let's go in the Usher bag, the Jamie Foxx bag. Um, I know Sean Garrett did play some unreleased music from her, I think from her upcoming album. So that was dope to me. But just to rest on the fact that you work with Beyonce and we know that y'all have worked with Beyonce a lot, it wasn't nothing to write home about to me. Like when Swiss Beats and Timberland battled, they was all over the place. I'm talking about R&B, hip hop, pop. You know what I'm saying? They gave us yeah. a little bit of everything. DMX and all that kind of stuff. And Eve and, you know what I'm saying? Shit Come on, Sierra Eve. And, and so on and so forth. Like, they took it back to, like, drag on. I think Timbaland played some shit from, like, Bubba Sparks. Like, they got in a bag. Wow. They got in a bag, which prompted me to tweet that I don't think there's anybody who could go toe to toe with Missy, because even if you could beat her on the other people that you work with type thing, nobody can compete with her own catalog. Yeah. So yeah. even if it's you the, get her one way, so. you're going to lose another way because there's nobody else that has a catalog like Missy who also has the writing and production credits that she has with so many people. Matter of fact, we could go back to 1993 when Missy wrote and produced uh, for Raven Simone that uh, girl, Little Girls Like Sugar and Spice or whatever that shit was. You remember that back in the day when Raven mm-hmm. was a little girl. So Missy's career spans back to 1993. It was, it's why it was a shame she never received the Vanguard Award until recently. Yeah, 93, and we got to remember she when she worked with Jodeci, Genuine, Aaliyah, 702, Tweet, Nicole Ray. Um, it, it's so many people. Whitney Houston. Um, what's, the, what's that? Paramount? Paramore? She didn't work yeah, with Paramore, Paramore and, and all these other acts. And so um, I just don't think yeah, there's Karen anybody. Clark Shears. Yeah, she got her hand in the gospel bag. Uh, I just don't think there's anybody that could go, could stand a true chance uh, going at Missy. I did see some dumb shit where somebody said Carrie Hilson, and I was like, what Carrie Hilson? 
the same Carrie Houston that just said we was five G's. I know y'all fucking lying. <clears throat> yeah, so Carrie C T E Houston, I know you fucking lying. Yeah, got to be. So that mm. was that was what prompted Missy to tweet me on Twitter. And she basically is so humble. She said she don't think she could. She said she's scared to battle because it's too many greats. And I'm like, nah, bullshit. Oh, Missy. And That's why you can't her, help but like I love Missy. her humility, but we know for a fact she would eat a lot of people alive, even her partner in crime, Timbaland. Yes. Like and it's not even close, but that's why you love Missy because she's she's the shit, but she's so humble. Even though she true, if she wanted to, she truly had no has no reason to be humble. Like if she wanted right. to tell you bitches to bow down, she would be well with them, all right? Correct. So, but damn, I'm disappointed in you, Sean, and the dream. Yeah. But I just saw the memes and Sean get that that one with his tongue. I'm like, nigga, are you half White Walker? Like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, so that's that was where that's where we was at. Um, I don't have any network announcements. Yes, I do. If you haven't, go listen to the latest episode of Ratchet Reloaded because that episode is hilarious. Okay, yes. that episode that episode is one of the funniest episodes of Ratchet Reloaded we've done yet. Um, so go listen to it. Um, Tia, aka Tiva Jim, is on that episode. Um, Bring It Back is on the Patreon. Um, Mystic Moments has an episode dropping Monday. Um, Manga X Manga has an episode that just dropped Thursday. As usual, you're going to get your dose of crown and collards. Um, and the wind down will be dropping on the Patreon Tuesday as well. So, lots you, of hashtag content. Yeah, lots of lots of content for you to listen to while you're at home. Um, but we're going to go ahead and jump into the shows. They didn't give us much. They didn't give nope. us much at all. They could have kept this shit, to be honest. <clears throat> we going to start with Real Housewives of Atlanta. I'm going to tell you why it's so disappointing to me, because it ended great, and then that was it in going into this next episode. First things first, Andy, it's really time to revamp the Atlanta cast. Please. It's time to revamp the Atlanta cast. We are cast. begging it's time. I, I love it. I love some shade. I love a good read, but it's time for Nini to go. It's time for Cynthia to go. It's time for Candy to go. Marlo should not be there. Um, <laughs> it's it's time. Yeah, it's time. Okay. Like I like somebody on Twitter asked last week, like which is better, Potomac or Atlanta? And I I'm gonna say what I said on Twitter. Like I feel like I'm watching Atlanta at this point out of longevity and obligation, but Potomac yeah. is better to me. Because even though it can be draining, them them heifers old Potomac fight every goddamn episode over something new. Every fucking episode. And speaking of Potomac, the super trailer dropped. It is coming back May the third. Yes. Um. So be prepared for that. I'm um, looking forward to it. Yeah. So let's uh, Jeremy take us to Atlanta. This is gonna be quick. Uh, this episode was trash. Uh, ruined peaches. Y'all ruined my day watching this goddamn episode. To be honest, um, I only have a few things. Um, I feel like everybody was being annoying, acting like uh, what Nini said to Kenya or about Kenya uh, was the worst thing ever. This is Kenya we talking about. We Candace has so eloquently gone over all the trash shit that Kenya has said 
for eight or four years on that damn show. Um, I do not feel anything Nene said was like, oh my God, just how could she? Like y'all didn't even have that much to say when she told somebody that she wishes rape on them. Like, and y'all acting like this little thing that she said with Kenya is just the worst ever. I feel like y'all full of shit. Y'all were performing. Um, with that said, I do feel in this episode, as annoying as they are, that Candy and Portia really was getting in Kenya's ass um, and really getting her together with this whole victimization shit. Like, you can't say you want to bury the hatchet or you don't have any issue and then you the only one that's allowed to speak. And then when Nene and Marlo, whoever speaks, then you want to run off and act like, oh, I can't believe, don't insult me. I ain't got time for this shit, Candy. Well, apparently you did because you the one that brought the smoke, Can you? So it's a Uchi wallet or one mic, yes or no? I am confusion. And you are confusion. So I did appreciate Portia, especially Portia, because Portia, I feel like it would go, I feel like one or two, one or two um, more of Kenya's outbursts and Portia was going to have a, a, a revisit when she dragged off that damn couch at that reunion. So I did appreciate Candy and Portia getting in Kenya's ass uh, because she deserved it because the damn show wasn't going to come from Cynthia and she wouldn't let Nene and Marlo get word in edgewise. First things first, yes, Nene said she was having a buffalo. I do believe Nene misspoke and just was saying she big as a buffalo. But it came out as, was she having a, was she a buff, she having a buffalo? She yeah, said that's it. what I took it as. And <clears throat> she should have just apologized for it, just for the simple fact that you're a woman that has had two children. You know how pregnancy could be. You know that a lot of times, as you can try as hard as possible to control your weight gain and this, that, and the third, but you still will end up, you carrying a whole human inside of you. And so you gain weight and you get a little big and you get a little wide and that's okay. That's just what comes with the territory of pregnancy. So she did owe Kenya an apology for that. The same way she owed Portia an apology because to me, Nene is too old. She got two kids. At no point should she be poking at women who are finally able to become mothers. It was tacky. Now, Kenya ain't no victim. Like you said, Jeremy, she ain't no victim. And her going back and bringing up shit Marlo has said to her, and that was very ugly as well, and Marlo admitted it. But Kenya does not like being held accountable for her bullshit. And Kenya, to me, Kenya and Marlo are two sides of the same coin, except for Marlo will sit in her shit, whereas Kenya will say it and then be like, but you, um, but you did something to me, and you did so and so to me. Okay, yeah. you threw the and first punch. Too. You threw the first punch. They all, they all two different sides of the same damn coin. Yeah, and that's why I just be looking at them like y'all are too old to be. It's this performative. Ridiculous. It's very performative. It's performative. Like the fact, and like the other thing with Kenya that made it so, um, so unbearable is like you know. That's fair. Nene owed her apology. Well, when Nene got the apology, gave you the apology, and I agreed with Portia here, she was like, but are you going to receive it? And she kept being like, she's apologizing. What more do you want from her? And we've talked about that. Well, you know, when, and I'm, I'm going to bring it up in a minute, but that shit with uh, Candy and uh, Portia, where it took forever for Portia to actually give a genuine apology, and for it took forever for Candy to receive it. It's the same damn thing. So it's like you can't yeah. have it both ways, can you? That's true. 
And um, I did, like you said, I agree with Kenya and uh, I agree with Candy when she, you know, had to check Kenya like, yo, either you want the apology or you don't. If you don't want the apology, you don't care to get the apology, shut up crying about it. Yeah. And stop running away because this is what you wanted, ain't it, Kenya? Um, and she didn't of, even she didn't even fully acknowledge, accept, and apologize what she did to Tanya this whole season, and so that's why I was kind of over you know that point. that bullshit crying and and sniffling. She was doing I don't have time for this. Oh, girl, shut the fuck up immediately because she never acknowledged what she did to Tanya. Yeah, and she, she gaslit Tanya like, when they tried to have a conversation. Thank you for being humble. You could have not nah, shut up. Tanya better than me. Yeah, and we said that. Like you showing up to have a conversation in your quote unquote read a bitch dress, even though you up here looking dyslexic as fuck, because that dress was ugly. But that's mm-hmm. you know, that's neither here nor there. Um and another check that, you know, Candy gave her, which, you know, I didn't watch it live, which I'm sure a lot of people rolled their eyes when she said it, but I agreed, is that when put when can when Kenya was like, you know, this is just the worst, and you girls have never had to deal with someone saying something like that. And Candy was like, "Girl, I got cool back cool with Portia, and she accused me of whole ass rape listening to Phaedra's ad." So like, I feel yeah. like if we we can get along, then you have no goddamn excuse. And I agree. Uh, yeah, I agree. Cause to cause listen, I don't care what y'all I don't care what y'all got to say about Candy. She better than me because it would be fuck Portia to the day I die. Basically. And I don't give a damn that Phaedra got that shit from that motherfucking producer. It's fuck that producer. It's fuck Phaedra and fuck Portia. Yeah, fuck all of them. Um, <laughs> Candy calling Cynthia a thespian. <laughs> <laughs> and then they rolling the bean footage back to her doing this awful Jamaican accent. Ugh. Awful Jamaican impersonation. It was very cringy. It made me scream. Just because Cynthia is nobody's actor. Cynthia is barely anybody's model, if we are to be honest. Because Naomi Campbell Ooh. is still killing <laughs> Naomi Campbell is still killing runways to this day. To and this Cynthia's day. on Real Housewives. <laughs> and Cynthia is on Real Housewives with cheap wigs and cheap weaves and side ponytails and dusty bangs and so on and so forth. Like, girl, I know you fucking lying. Like Cynthia she, has just not looked good. This she hasn't season. looked good this season, Mm-mm. which is really shocking to me because I think Cynthia is beautiful. Now yeah. you know what I will say: two beautiful motherfuckers made a very funny looking child. Mm. Because Noelle is very funny looking, and mm. I'm ready to say that with my chest because she is an adult. She is no longer a child. She's a very funny looking young lady. Mm, and she, she stands for Nini, which is hilarious because she makes TikToks um, and she's like using Nini voiceovers. Didn't Riley do that too? Yeah, like how must it feel that y'all kids stand for somebody that y'all love to hate? Mm. <laughs> you hate to see it. I know y'all hate to see it. I mean, I'm good to see it because I love to laugh. But yeah. and I'm just, I'm like I said, I'm just ready for a, a revamp, um, or I want them to bring the OGs back. Give me Lisa Wu, um, back. Give me, give me Sheree back. Give me, give me Kim Z back. 
um, give me some of the other OGs back. Hell, I'll take Shamari over this shit, to be honest. Yeah, you could, and, and take um, Eva, take um, Tanya. Tanya, nice enough lady, no backbone. Cannot keep up with these girls. Nah, she's so, too nice. Um, Which I hate I, when they bring on ladies that I genuinely like because they nice people, but they don't make a good fit for this show because they can't, they don't have the, they too nice for these evil ass bitches. Yeah. And I hate when y'all do that. Like, if y'all gonna bring on a friend of a show, bring on a friend of the show or somebody that's gonna fit in with this trash. Not somebody that I would genuinely like if it wasn't for this show. Absolutely. Like we said, Cynthia been looking bad. Them wigs been looking fucking terrible this season. They have. Candy and Portia been looking real good this season, though. Especially Portia. Yes. Like, Like, in her confessionals on the show, she's looked really, really good this season. And Stop. I've been enjoying Portia this season, to be honest. I, I, too, have been enjoying Portia this season. I just wish she would lose that 275 pounds of five-foot-three man she calls a fiancé. That Wendy's and, chicken nugget. And listen, and level up. Um, just leave it on me, the floor. My final, my final note on Housewives is that I'm very, very tired of them trying to force nini and kenya to make up and be friends as long as those ladies can be civil and cordial in group settings i think that's all that you need as long as they acknowledge that the disrespect towards each other is not needed and to just enjoy group settings together and call it a day they don't need to be best friends i don't think you can ask for much more there's no reason for them to keep making up it is very obvious that they are not capable of having a great friendship yeah, so, when they fell out, they fell out. And that just yeah, is what it leave is. It, leave it on the playground where it's at. Leave it where yeah. it's at. Honestly, I feel like you could say that for all these seasons because that usually is somebody's storyline. They Somebody fall out and they're trying, and the whole group is trying to force them to get back together. See Portia and, and uh, mm-hmm. Candy. You know, like see Nene and Portia. Shit, see Nene and Cynthia. Uh, damn, the common denominator is usually even Nene or, or Kenya when she owns. <laughs> now that I think about it, but it's just like they don't, they don't, they, they just need to be cordial and that's it. Like it gets draining trying to see people force shit every damn season between these different ladies. Yeah, because they grown to the women, they can stand up and will. I, you know, I just don't like the bitch, but I can be cordial, and that just and that's fine. That's totally fine. So, Andy, please stop playing in our face. Revamp this shit. We are begging you. Listen, when we can go outside again, revamp this shit. Please. That's all I have for Atlanta. That's all, that's all I have for Atlanta, too. And this is this is a sad way to go out. I don't know that this was the season finale, um, but it's very lackluster for ending season. Yeah. You know what I'm very. saying? Uh, so... Yeah, so I would say do better, Andy. Please, Jeremy, take us to marriage boot camp. Um, whew. Um, listen, marriage boot camp. This, this, this was very heavy. I would say that marriage boot camp was super duper heavy, and I don't mean that in a a bad way. Like I, the shows in general were dry, but. I don't mind this one, but God damn, it was heavy. Um, the emphasis was for them to, the the uh, the cast to, like, 
uh, unpack past trauma to yeah. and acknowledge it and reveal secret truths and and heal from it and god bless them um um i think bianca's and choses was the i don't mean this in a disrespectful way but like the weakest of it i mean it made a lot of sense why they are the way that they are especially bianca I um think, well i will say that the the weakest it doesn't to me like at first listen it doesn't seem that heavy until you think about the severity of it especially like so in chose's case well if you didn't watch we'll catch you up really quickly chose's dream was to become a pro athlete um and it crashed when he blew his knee out as a teenager um and you know he said that for a year he couldn't walk without a brace or without crutches um and he never had the support from his parents or his family as he went through that rehab because when you have dreams of going to the NFL or the NBA or the MLB and they it's snatched away from you in an instant um that does a mental number on you because now you have to figure out what's next for you because you've put all your eggs in that pro athlete basket. What's next for you? And you should have your family, your mom, your dad, or whoever to be there to help you figure it out and pick up the pieces as a child. Um, but he never had that. So it makes sense to me why he surrounds himself with women who will put up with his shit no matter what. Because mm. he didn't have parent, a parent who would be there no matter what he had to figure it out on his own. And he said he turned the music and I don't know why he did that. He didn't need but, to do that. You know, I was waiting for you to get there because I too, I like, I would have chosen a different path to cope because music is not for you, but who are me to judge? Uh, but it also, <laughs> but it also, it also made sense why he would with air quotes Bianca because here she was, she had an abusive household too. And she was like, uh, the people that were supposed to love me, like I did have family, but shit, family told me, girl, fuck you. You know? When you, and, when you were, yeah, being a product of a single parent household is always very tricky because that one parent has to do everything. They don't have the luxury of being able to keep a watchful eye on you 24 seven make money to keep the bills paid and make sure you have the things that you need to be successful 24 seven, always something has to give. Um, and what had to give was Bianca was primarily a latchkey child. And then she was with relatives and those relatives was beating on her. Yep. And, and she felt like she couldn't trust anybody. Cause if you like can't trust family, trust anybody. Right. And the thing, the thing is, I want parents to to hold on to and recognize is that it family shouldn't come before your kids well-being nobody in my family thought twice to put their goddamn hands on me because they knew they would have to deal with my mother's wrath <laughs> if i did if i did something that was out of line you would let my mother know and if she was going to administer the ass whooping then she was but I can tell you this, I cannot think of one person in my family throughout all my growing up who ever put their hands on me. Same. They knew better. They knew better. 
Yeah, my like mother always said, if she's showing her ass, let me know. I'll get her together, but don't put your hands on my child. Yeah, sorry. My grandmother ain't never even with me. And my, yeah, mother like don't, my mother don't really go at it with my grandma, but if it, it, that would have been the time. My mother always said, I'm, the, I'm her parent. You got an issue, you bring it to me. Don't put your hands on my child. And don't talk to my child any kind of way. So if you wanted your ass whooped, you would you would try to harm me. So yeah. protect your kids, have, even from your own family. Protect your kids, even from your own family. Yeah. Yeah, Definitely you know what I'm saying? Agree. So that's that explains a lot of Bianca's volatile behavior. But like you said, some of these stories just got so much worse and while we're talking about abusive homes um we could go to styles and ajua and yeah that's what i was gonna styles go styles was beat ridiculously and yeah. in that day i'm sure parents and stuff didn't think much of it but in 2020 you have to know there is absolutely no reason to be beating on a child with an extension cord at all there's no reason to have no child get in a tub full of water, take them out, and then beat them with a belt or an extension cord or any other inanimate object. But that was the upbringing back in the day. But in 2020, that is not okay. That is abuse. That's assault, yeah. to be honest. That's assault. Yeah. yeah. That's assault. And even, though, and even though he, you know, he and a lot of people, like, just because it's what you grew up on, and maybe your parents, you know, like you said, thought it was the way to discipline. That doesn't mean it was okay. And it doesn't mean that it will not and hasn't had lasting effects even in your adulthood because Styles admitted, like, his, the, the, rate, the way he was raised shaped who he is. Like, he doesn't have many close people, like maybe a couple of homeboys, Adjua, and that's it. Because the way that he was shown love was through beatings, and that's not love. Yeah, I, I agree. So it's okay to like not repeat the sins or the mistakes that your your parents or your grandparents made as far as discipline goes. Oh yeah, it's not, absolutely. You don't have to beat the hell out your you goddamn kids. You should definitely be parenting different than your parents parented and their parents parented. You know, I got some whoopings when I was a child. It was nowhere Same. near as nowhere near excessive. Um it was different from how my grandmother had raised my mom and her sister. And now we are doing raising London differently than how I was raised. And I wasn't raised badly, but even my mother understands now in 2020, that there's a lot of ways to discipline without physical abuse. Uh, because um, making London take a nap will, will sink her whole world. <laughs> taking her ipad will send her down okay <laughs> making her get somewhere and sit down until she could get her attitude together sink her ship not allowing her to have a snack if she's not doing what she's supposed to do battleship she cannot she cannot she cannot so we we are figuring out as a family that there's a lot of different ways to discipline and and instill certain values without the physical tactics involved. You know, we don't do 
we don't do no spanking and we don't do no, we ain't no belts and ain't no whooping with belts and hitting you with flip flops and house shoes and shit like that. We don't get into none of that. It just ain't worth it. It don't, you know, because she, you could, you could put the fear in her with a, with a timeout. Okay, listen. I'm sorry, mommy. I'm sorry, grandma. I'm sorry, daddy. Please. I, no, 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 Like, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and all of the, there is literally not even a pinch involved when she gets to that point. She just knows she's wrong and she's going to time out. She's going to take a nap. And that's just the end of it. It is what it is. So I, I get that. Um, Ajua's situation broke my heart because it's a constant reminder of what so many black girls have been through with being sexually abused in the home and family and parents just turning a blind eye to it and not saying nothing. And she just, you know, figured she was going to grow up and get away from that shit one day. And that was just going to be the end of it. Um, that was, you know, that took a toll on, um, on me. This was a heavy episode. Um, yeah. in the same vein, Jocelyn's uh, story, very similar. Ballistic and Jocelyn. So Jocelyn's story makes absolute sense as to why she carries on the way that she carries on. Yeah. And to find out that as a young teenager, she was basically pushed into prostitution by a by family or friend of a family, and her friend family, of the family allowed it. That yeah. is crazy to me. Yeah, they taught her everything in life is a transaction. What a horrible way to raise a child, and what a horrible way to think growing up and now as an yeah. adult that everything is a transaction because that is her attitude yeah everything is a transaction if i'm if i'm fucking you you better be doing something for me you better be taking care of me my my sex is a weapon so it makes absolutely sense that she's with ballistic who comes across like her her pimp yeah still does. even though this episode was heavy that's still her goddamn pimp yeah still her pimp um, and him, I felt for him when kids are already being raised by a grandparent, that's tough. Um, but to walk in and find the one person who protects you and loves you and provides for you, um, having a stroke and then they die days later and nobody comes back for you. Yeah. His, he said his brother did and he ended up in jail. And at that point he was just hopping from couch to couch. Nobody mm-hmm. came back for him. No mother, no father, nobody. Not a not, not an uncle, nothing. Yeah, because it sounds like sad. once his grandmama died, like, like she was one of those people where it's like, once she gone, the family gone because she kind of held it all together, kind of like on Soul Food. Yeah. That would, that's what it gave me. Same. Same. Um, so, and then he broke down and cried, which I ain't never seen. I don't think I ever seen a pimp cry. I don't never, I ain't never seen a pimp cry either. Um... Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know they knew what Teals was, to be honest. Um, so CeeLo's was heavy because yeah. as a child, it has to take a toll on you for you because children are so 
innocent until their parents start to instill certain things in them. Children mm-hmm. are blank slates, right? They, they will retain whatever you give them. Right. So as a child to just want to play with other children and to have a white child spit on you. And oh, the child was white? Yeah, yeah. This wasn't no black kid. That's why oh, he said he felt it was racially based. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I didn't catch that. I, I knew it was a child, but I didn't know it was a white child. My it bad. was a white kid. It was a white kid oh, that shit. spit on him. And he said what caught him so off guard about it was this child, this kid had never done this and waited till they got in front of other kids, white kids, to do it. And nobody said a, a thing. Everybody laughed. as a kid you don't know how to process that because i'm pretty sure that was not a conversation he probably had ever had with his parents or anybody you know what i'm right. saying because like that at that is, age he that, don't even know what the hell racism motivated right he don't even that know is, what that is yeah that, and that is that is something a lot of white bigots have done to black people spit yeah. on them like they was dirt on the ground and they still that in their kids and instilled that in their kids. And he didn't know how to respond to it. And as a result of it, he felt less than. That's some shit. That's some heavy shit. And then turn around and then you get Shawnee who I don't think we have enough conversations about what happens when parents lose children when they're very young. Um, but I've seen this before, like when, when moms miscarry, they have late, when they have late term miscarriages or they have stillborns or when a baby dies from SIDS or something like that. Um, she said her sibling, I don't remember if she said her sister or brother, but she said her sibling passed away when they were like seven months and it just broke her mom and she never got the mom she used to have back. She said her mom was just always a shell of herself after that. And because of that, she never was able to get the things she fully needed from her mom because her mom wasn't there. Right. And that's crazy to, and she said that's why she values order and organization and doing everything by the book because she had to be the mom in her household growing up. Right. And that's, Again, a lot sense. of this shit is just super duper heavy, and I don't even know what to say about it. And that leaves us with Stu and Michelet. Stu's situation hurt my feelings because not having closure um, can really do you in when somebody passes away. Stu said that. Um, his dad shared, his dad was a drug addict. He shared a needle with somebody and ended up contracting AIDS and he died. And the way that they found him was he was supposed to go to a doctor's appointment. He never showed up and they finally found him nine days later, but his body had decomposed so badly that they just had to burn what was left of him. The cre- I'm sorry, cremate what was left of his dad's yeah. body 
and put it in a box. So he never got closure, never got to say goodbye, never got anything, couldn't even see his face one last time um, because he was by himself decomposing for um, nine days. And And he he was unrecognizable by the time that it did. Yeah, and he said that, you know, he eventually ended up in the streets um, trying to survive and, you know, watching his friends fall victim to the prison system. He being robbed as a kid coming from summer camp. You motherfuckers will rob a child coming from summer camp? Despicable. Really? Despicable. And it makes sense that he... His, because uh, I'm not going to lie, like, I did think it was kind of weird that he would always have a joke about something, but that's his coping mechanism. Yep. That's yep. his coping and mechanism. that's what Dr. Ish said, that he copes with, he copes with trauma, he copes with pain, he copes with anger by trying to laugh it through. Yeah. Um, But sometimes you don't got to laugh shit through. Sometimes you just need to cry. Yeah. You need to say, I'm fucking angry that this became my circumstances as a kid because I didn't ask to be here. I didn't ask for any of this, but I made the best of it. I ended up becoming a good, a great chef, a good chef. I mean, you don't, you don't get celebrity clients from being a shitty chef. Correct. So you definitely made something of yourself, but it's okay to be... But I'm I'm sad that th- I had to go through all of this hurt and trauma to get there. Yeah, it's okay to not be strong all the time. It is. Um, and finally, Michelle is the Michelle is a lot of women. She's a lot of black women. She's a lot of black women. In that in that era where she grew up in that time period where she grew up and so many black men had so much frustration with their inability to get ahead, their inability to be considered equal in this world. And they would go home and take it out on their women and beat the brakes off of them. And it was expected for women to stay and deal with it. And instead of holding a man accountable, it was, it was expected for women to not do things to make their men beat them. To quote unquote provoke them. Yeah, don't provoke them. It's already mm. bad in the world, so don't provoke them when yeah. they get home. It's hard for a black man, even though the black man making it harder for the black woman. Michelle is just a product of so much abuse. Um, she was with Suge. Who's the other one? Dr. Dre, right? Dr. Dre, yeah. Because they so they brought it up uh, on the episode. Yeah, she went from seeing abuse at home as a kid to being abused by her lovers. And Dr. Ish called her out on it. He said that now that you have a good guy who's not into that abuse shit, you don't know what to do with yourself. You don't know how to handle it. I honestly hope, because it's just two more episodes left. I hope that she and Stu separate so that she can get herself together. Because while she is a survivor, and I commend her for that, because a lot of women would not have survived what she did. She is a survivor. But it's time for her, like Dr. Ish said, to stop surviving and start living. She's not living. 
she's so scared to love and be loved in a healthy way that she is chasing her tail. And I also want Stu to get some help for himself as well and learn how to cope without using that mechanism, that ha-ha, joke here, joke there, blah-blah-blah, joke, 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 joke. Because to be honest, like, to be honest, I can understand why it would be difficult to take him seriously in certain aspects. Yeah. Because, and like, that's your coping mechanism. I'm not taking that from you because, hell, I like to laugh up shit, but it's a time to laugh and a time to be serious. And like I said, it's not, it's okay to not be okay. And I can understand why somebody would be like, well, damn, is everything funny to you, nigga? God damn. And I can, I can see as much as I, you know, I want Michelle to be by herself and get some help. I can understand how that would romantic, romantically be a turnoff sometimes. I honestly can understand that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I I agree with you. I want them both to separate and get work on themselves. And you know, maybe if y'all get better, then try it again. Mm-hmm. Right now, y'all need to be separated and, and get some true help. Agreed. I definitely agree. Um, I think that was um it was that was it that was it for marriage boot camp next week is the lie detector test part of the the season which is always interesting and they ask some really hard hitting questions leading up to the final episode where the couples decide if they're going to stay together or if they're going to separate or what will happen so i'm looking forward to that i have enjoyed this season same I have enjoyed this season. I've enjoyed this season because majority of the couples and even I think at this point, even Bianca and Choses are doing the work and leaning into it like they should have from jump. Um, I am enjoying seeing these couples do the work. Yeah, I agree. I think this was a good call on your part to add it to the rotation because I have been enjoying this. Yeah. You know what's um, something I have not been enjoying though? The carrying on they do on Black Ink Crew. <laughs> Let me <laughs> working on the segways, friend. <laughs> Let me tell you something, friend. <laughs> Call me Earl. Ted, you, <laughs> Ted, Boy. you didn't want to be. Ted wasn't too close to Tati when you was all in them guts. Mm. When you was fucking on her and disrespecting and her, Ted, and turmoil in the shop. Ted wasn't too close to Tati then, was it, Bozo? Mm-hmm. It's to me for me, it's gonna forever be fuck Ted because I think he bring he doesn't bring anything to the shop or the show. Nothing but even me. even his even his mess with women is kind of like oh okay Ted fucking somebody in the shop again here we go because they do it every fucking season. Every fucking season, literally, it's like God damn, do you have no other tricks, pony? Well, in your okay, should I say Buffalo? God damn. You don't do nothing but just fuck bitches in the shop and exactly. then cause mess and then stay away and shy away from the mess when called out on your shit? Listen. God and damn. I ain't calling you no motherfucking Earl, <laughs> nigga. I'm not. Fuck? Your name is Theodore. Correct. And you, I'm calling you Theodore. You big Teddy Ruxpin built bitch. That's you your name. Big and ass bitch. Fuck you, Teddy. Listen. Listen, okay. play with your goddamn sharpie. Don't play with me. I was just finna say with that Crayola marker ass beard on your goddamn face. 
Okay. Oh, oh, bodysuit girdle wearing ass bitch. Oh, goddamn fashion over suit, fashion over for me and ass boy. Oh, myrtle wearing ass bitch. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, goddamn felt like shape. A, felt like a sack of potato skins. Oh, oh, goddamn shape well salmon ass boy. Shut the fuck up, to you. That's what I'm trying to tell you, Spanks loving ass motherfucker. Fuck you. Listen, up, up, you up, you got down buck some ass bitch. Shut the fuck up, Teddy. Listen, portly gent. <laughs> Showtime. <laughs> portly gent is what you are. Listen, okay. Speaking of portly, Donna, that was the worst reenactment of labor and delivery I have ever seen. And greasing a bite of baby doll up in baby oil and trying to act like you're giving birth was stupid that's not how any of that works i get at all you don't have to do any of that it's your body it's your right if you're not ready to have children get on some birth control if you want if you're not ready to have children get use contraceptives yeah there is to it i'm not gonna argue with no man about having kids one that you're not married to one that you're cheating on with tati right who you cheated on, your ex with him. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's, let's talk about it. Okay. Because, because that's why I don't really have no goddamn sympathy for Alex. I was talking to Mama White Diamonds and Mike, and we all said the same thing. The, that's the, the way Alex got Donna is the same way he gonna lose her. He was fucking her in the public bathroom, rolling a blunt, recording it, and now she fucking on Tati, who done fucked on everybody in the shop that she could get her hands on. Yeah, it's just a cycle of syphilis. Ooh. And, and I... <laughs> And I don't hate to see it because fuck Circle y'all. Circle of STDs. <laughs> the strife circus. Y'all just some nasty motherfuckers. But I do agree. And I was I was going to bring it up if you didn't. Donna, why are you arguing with this man about your body? Does he have a vagina? No. Can he birth children? No. And then clearly he, he got... can't slay it because you fucking Tati. So. I, well, I... Points for my friend. Points for my. <laughs> Points for my. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't even go think. I wouldn't even think about that. But now that you brought it up, yeah, points my, valid, valid. So yeah. I'm just. I'm just trying to figure out why y'all playing in our face and wasting our time. Because honestly, Indeed. we truly do not care. I want to say um, these. Well, before we go there. Walt ruined his relationship with Jess and therapy might not fix it. And that's what you niggas need to understand about infidelity. There's always a chance that your woman will never be able to fully forgive you, fully trust you and fully stay in a relationship and have it thrive. Couldn't have said it better myself. And I, I didn't, we not going to drag that out. Um, you did that to your relationship and Jess has every right to respond and do what's best for her moving forward and if postponing the wedding to see if y'all can fully straighten out the kinks and if she could fully trust you again is what it'll take you have to play by her rules because you violated absolutely dn now these niggas came all the way to philly to embarrass themselves (laughs) 
First of all, Donna <laughs> talking about the wrath of Uncle Milk Dud. Let's be clear. C's pussy always has been, always will be. Mm. The only time C's was able to buck up with somebody is when him and Puma got into it and him and oh shit got to got into it. And both of those times he has needed Teddy to jump in and help him beat them niggas up. Shit, remember when uh, when they was in the um, New Orleans shop and that dude had came and they jumped him mm-hmm. after he had hit Sky? Yeah, C's can't never fight any of his battles by himself. So there is no wrath of Uncle Milk Dud. C's is a hoe. If, been, if 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 there was really a raffle, Uncle Milk Dud, wouldn't none of you motherfuckers still be in the shopping on the show? Listen. So I'm confusion, Donna. The raffle of Milk Dud didn't didn't him and um Teddy just jump Alex and crack his back in eighty four different goddamn places. Yeah, absolutely. Hell, you was about to beat him the fuck up. Shit. So what the fuck are you talking about, Donald? But they just carrying on to being C's good graces because he's still in his feelings that a woman that he mistreated just moved on and got some dick after the fact, after y'all ran her off for no goddamn reason. But continue, friend. <laughs> so Donna and Tati walk up on Kitty at the convention, start trying to argue with her. Ryan comes over and is like, get the fuck away from my booth with that. I'm trying to keep it professional. I'm making money. If y'all got some shit to discuss, go outside and discuss it, but get away from my booth. And these two goofy hoes going to say, out of respect for Ryan. I was out of respect for Ryan when your boss just said he beefing with Ryan. Mm. Y'all hoes don't even know how to be, don't have a loyal bone in y'all body. Just that quick, it went to out of respect for Ryan. Out of respect from whomst? After y'all was just talking so much shit about what him and Kitty was doing, which is not y'all damn business, but now y'all respect him and shit? I am in confusion, because y'all swear y'all some ride-or-die-ass bitches, but I can't tell. And say, I want to... Why y'all so... Let's talk about it, friend. Why y'all so mad that Kitty ain't fucking with y'all after the carrying on that y'all did? Well, yeah, listen, while we here, we might as well talk about her getting into it with Bay as well. First of yeah. all, Bay coming, coming to take shit out on Kitty because her father is a abusive, trashy-ass motherfucker who won't own his bullshit. That don't have shit to do with y'all going out y'all way to sabotage whatever Kitty got going on and then being mad that she don't fuck with y'all behind it. Right. If you my friend, and even if you want some trash, I'm going to say, hey, friend, I don't know about that. But what I will say is not a single soul going to hear about it from me. Yeah. If if Kitty is fucking Ryan, to which I don't, I know that they like each other. I don't know if they've taken it to the next step. And I don't think they have fully taken it to the next step just because Ryan is trying to work his shit out in therapy. So yes, they may be close. There may be some feelings there, but I don't think they're engulfed in a full blown relationship at this point. Could they be? Sure. Would they be a good look for each other? Absolutely. Cause Kitty is very like pretty. Kitty is very pretty. That's a pretty woman. Yeah. yeah. She don't finally got no confessionals to go to. The- but the fact that you three, the three uh, stooges 
Larry Curly and Ho. Listen. <laughs> okay, let's make that the show title. That was fucking hilarious. <laughs> the fact that y'all keep trying to jeopardize and throw dirt on her name and put her business out there. And Donna, you the last one because girl, you literally got caught fucking in the public bathroom and your nigga found about it, found out about it when he saw it on Instagram. And then you gaslit him on top of that. Like you didn't own up to your shit. So the the fact that you talking about kidding need to own up to her shit and shit live, Donna, you got them as as wishy washed as your motherfucking side too. And bae, you mad at the world because you went on pursuit of black dick and all you got left with was single motherhood. Mm-hmm. You and talk to you a self drag. Your daddy keep gaslighting you. Your mama ran back to Korea on you, and your face fat. And you ain't lose none of that baby weight. And, and Nico got to be two years old. Yeah, got to. Go to fuck somewhere, bitch. Please. And Tati, you and, a self-drag. And then gonna try to, and then gonna sneak and hit her with a coat. You ain't even no real fighting ass bitch because you, you could have got a punch in if that's what you was after. Gonna try to yeah. swing your coat. Come on, man. I'm gonna tell you, I used to like Bay on the show, but I have not care, cared for her since last season when they all tried to gang up on Kitty. Why is Kitty's Kitty y'all business? That part. Like, that's my whole thing. If she is fucking Ryan or if she's not, what the fuck does it matter? All you motherfuckers have been fucking each other in that goddamn shop. That's why y'all have so much hell and turmoil in that motherfucker. And y'all, and it's, and it's okay. Like, I mean, it's not okay, but it's been okay up until this point, up until Kitty may or may not have been fucking Ryan. Okay, and y'all could have just carried on business like usual. Like y'all have been doing for what? Eight seasons of this show, Candace? Eight or nine, one of two. Uh, yeah, I can't remember. But Like, what the fuck difference does it make? And then for y'all to be so mad that y'all harassed and 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 ganged up on this girl over what's really none of y'all goddamn business, her, what she does with her vagina, over a rumor. And you motherfuckers acting like it's World War Three, and then get mad when y'all antagonize her and she clapped back. Like, imagine throwing a rock at somebody and then being upset that they want to beat your ass. Exactly. I know you fucking lying. She, she said that the only time she says anything to Donna on social media is when Donna starts it. And, yeah, and they we, rolled and the Donna? footage back on that and they showed it to be true. She yep. told Tati she doesn't want anything to do with her in any capacity and to leave her alone. That's fair. I don't care for if it, for whatever reason I don't want to have anything to do with you. That's my motherfucking right. Yeah. That's my motherfucking business, bitch. Yeah. Yeah. And especially you, Tati. And, and again, the hypocrisy. Because listen, Tati- wet back Ronald McDonald. <laughs> I don't give a fuck how you feel. As yeah. much as Kitty has supported all your sexual escapades in and out that motherfucking shop, even if you knew for a fact, if you have video footage that she fucked Ryan at Essence Festival, as a friend, that motherfucking footage should have de- been deleted. Delete that footage. Delete that. It should have yeah. never made it back to Sky or C's or nobody just because Kitty always been a good friend to you hoes. Yeah, even to her detriment, even looking bozo because we clocked Kitty for standing by y'all when y'all dead ass wrong. We have. And especially you, Tati, because you literally told the whole shop, all the men in the shop, 
when the shit got brought up with you and Teddy that what I do with my pussy is not your business. You literally told Teddy that, but it's an issue yeah. with Kitty. Yeah. Like y'all could not have been this boy where y'all just had to be mad at Kitty and have a storyline for these last two seasons. Y'all could not have been that goddamn bored. But the shit is tiring. I'm so confused as to why y'all mad and it's getting on my nerves. It's getting on my nerves. And then Cause all y'all trash. Y'all do all of that. I don't see y'all doing no tattoos. No tattoos. None. Mm. Then whoever this little almighty J nigga is come to get a tattoo. Never heard of him before. (laughs) Never heard of him before. Some group, young boss niggas. I don't give a fuck. But (laughs) the fact that C sat there and threw dirt on Ryan and Nine Mag, that just show you what type of bitch ass nigga C's really is. Only for y'all to... For you to be claiming like you some some tattoo mogul, you couldn't even be professional. That that conversation had no no place with the client at all. Like you talking about bro code and shit and all this shit, and then you running your mouth like a little bitch. See, I'm confusion. And the other thing I want to get to is you got all this smoke for Ryan, yet. Scott and her boyfriend are very good friends with Ryan. Mm. He was kicking it with Ryan on New Year's mm. at a party and Kitty was there and she was all chummy chummy with Kitty. Yet mm. she the one that brought the news out that Ryan and Kitty was fucking. But that's my sis. How that show sis? Mm. So is if it a double standard Ryan, for bro code and sis code? I'm confusion, sees. My Listen, and not only that, if that's your sis, why is she kicking it with your sworn enemy? Mm. I'm just saying, C's. You... A part of me believes that Sky no longer fucks with C's or any of the 113th people after she got fired from the show and nobody fought, from, fought for her because she doesn't address them on social media anymore. Oh, she don't. And she um, is moving to L.A., Mm. Um, she got some type of a deal with Zeus Network to do some type of show about her life and trying to rebuild it and this, that, and the third. If I'm not mistaken, she said that um, in an interview Mm. after the whole shit popped off for her and her son. Um, So I don't think that's his sis no more. And he just trying to save face because he don't want to look stupid. But your sis, Mm. damn sure ain't had no business partying with your sworn enemy and your ex that you are losing your whole shit over. Okay? Now. That part. So much that you out here looking goofy. Didn't disrespect Alex. Because little almighty Jay didn't know Alex and Donna was a couple. Hell, Donna don't act like she know that her and Alex is a couple. (laughs) Okay? Right. That part. him, Him flirting with her and just, you know, kind of being social and reading the room, that's just what motherfuckers do. The thing about flirting is, like, people always get in their feelings, but why would you want to be with somebody that nobody else would want to flirt with? I mean, let's talk about it, like... If we are, to be honest, and this is the thing, I can't stand Donna. I think she need to get her fucking teeth fixed, but in the grand scheme of things, in the overall, Donna's not no bad-looking woman. No. She ain't ugly. Her her attitude, her personality, the her insides ugly. Ducks herself is very ugly, but physically, Donna's not no ugly woman, and she's not she's not bad built either. 
So him flirting with her was probably some run of the mill shit. Imagine how many other he women a nigga. he flirts. Yeah, Alex, you done flirted. Imagine how many women he flirted with at that tattoo convention alone. All right. And ultimately, so, the, the honest, because you know where I'm going, ultimately, the onus and responsibility of knowing that they're in a goddamn relationship and to shut down any and all potential flirting or, you know, shooting of the shot rest on the person that's in the relationship. And last time I checked, that was Donna. So if anybody, Alex, you should have been mad at Donna because Donna for goddamn sure was entertaining that shit. She was giving yeah. that nigga the googly tooth. Listen, that goddamn <laughs> listen, that goddamn side tooth was wiggling like that was her goddamn clip. Yep. And that's your girl, Alex. So if anybody, you should have been mad at her. Cause that nigga don't owe you shit, don't know you shit, and who the fuck? Cause like he said, like that's his girl. Okay, and I ain't know that. And he didn't lie. Listen, yeah. y'all love holding other people accountable for your part and not respecting y'all relationship. Yep. Yep, Donna was all giggly, googly eyed, blushing, turning away, hee hee mm-hmm. type shit. And oh, again, ain't really nothing wrong with it. I mean, it's flattering. Sometimes you want to know that you still got it. Cool, no big deal. She could have been like, boy, you crazy, and left and let allow him to do the tattoo. Alex, you insecure. Yeah. You insecure. And that's just Which is that hilarious that. knowing how you got, Donna. Then you gonna try to uh <laughs> you might <laughs> listen <laughs> when Alex said, you know who I am, you know what it reminded me of? You might want to pick up the phone. It's Mr. Donna Lombardi. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alex had a moment in Kenya. <laughs> <laughs> It's Mr. Donna Lombardi. That's my bitch. It's my hoe. I was just like, nigga, sit down. Don't nobody want Donna for real. That nigga said, that nigga said, do you know who I am? Well, no, Alex, because we know you for... And the dude was like, I don't. And he like, uh, Donna, that's my woman. And he like, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. Cause, but I mean, why who... would you do that? Why would you do that to your boss, celebrity client? Mm-hmm. And let me say this: I'm not gonna say buddy not a celebrity because just because you don't know somebody based on your demographic, don't mean they not making waves where they from. Yeah. So I assume he he got a little fire under him, a little buzz if she's yeah. know him. And yeah, a so little feeling, nigga. You know it's fine. Yeah. So my thing is just kind of like, why would why you would embarrass you yourself and your brand like that? Like that. Yeah, and like I and as I said, I said this to Jeremy. Well, I texted him this morning. Like they went all the way to that tattoo convention to play their goddamn self. Yeah, yeah, they went all the way to that goddamn convention. And this, you know, this is not to say that Ryan hasn't had some of the same issues because we remember, you know, some of the showings out that his crew, you know, has embarrassed him with at conventions. But sees did all that shit talking and like they so much better when it's like y'all in the same boat. And honestly, this is probably worse. To be honest, because yeah. this is right in your goddamn face with one of your celebrity clients. Mm-hmm. Shit, when Ryan here, them motherfuckers were fighting themselves. Hell, this motherfucker Alice fighting your client, the nigga that you was doing a goddamn tattoo on. Yep. And 
So that's that's that for Black Ink, and, I'm and it's what you deserve. To, Cause I'm all y'all some goddamn to, bozo. <laughs> I'm looking forward to next week because this the episode where C's go to Chicago and say he opening up a Black Ink Chicago. Meanwhile, uh, one thirteenth about to be closed down because the owner of the property is not renewing their lease because they always got too much shit going. And C's start having a meltdown. C's and Ryan finally talk and sees like you moving funny and ryan like yeah you feeding too much into shit i don't really owe you nothing you didn't address everybody but me ryan ain't addressed shit so i'm looking forward to next week's episode um i want to say we may finally go ahead and cover growing up hip-hop uh la um, because the previews for that shit look mm-hmm. chef's kiss Mwah. because it looked like Dame Dash gonna uh, get into it with Master P and it also looked like Dame Dash gonna end up going to jail and Damn. it looked like Romeo um, and Angela gonna be exchanging slugs all over the internet. They both went on the Breakfast Club, and then the clip Romeo is like, "You can't force me to be your fucking friend if I don't want to be your fucking friend." Mm. And Angela and her feelings and all this kind of stuff. And Master P is like, when Angela, baby father, got murdered, Romeo fell back because he didn't want her to feel like. He was trying to pounce on her or prey on her while he was vulnerable. He wanted to give her space to mourn and heal and do what she needed to do. And then she took that as him not supporting her or looking out for her and shit like that. So it's going to be interesting. So I'm, I'm thinking about adding it into the lineup because marriage boot camp will be ending. Um, it starts we'll before it starts before um, Potomac. So for a minute, we'll just have black ink. Um, we'll have black ink in like one other show, and then we'll let a uh, Potomac come on through the door because it's gonna get spicy, and I think yes. that might be the right spice to add to the lineup as something yes. new because we've never this- we've never officially covered growing up hip hop on a show. Um, so I think it might be a good time to Yeah, the only one we did was Growing Up Hip Hop Atlanta. Yeah, so I think it might be a good time to cover LA and see what happens. Um Yeah, yeah and then go from there. If you guys have some show uh suggestions, like something that's happening in the now, um, as much as we love y'all, it just does not make sense to retro shows. Um, like the stuff on Netflix. Uh I heard it was good but there's no point in us retroing that on here. You know, we can always watch it and get ready for the next season, but we're not going to cover a season that's already aired and people have talked about. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Because the point of this show is to, like, cover... It's, it's just, like, pop in culture shows. Yeah, yeah, it's in the now. It's in the now. So, right. we'll, uh, Jeremy and I will get together and brainstorm some other shows that are airing soon. Um you know, so that we can keep a three-show lineup at least. Yeah. And then we'll go from there. Uh, you got anything else for the people, Jeremy? Um, All I have to say is that until unless she does something problematic and turns out to be go back in that ditch, this is a Monique Samuel, Samuel Stan account. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm with it. I'm looking forward to Real Housewives of Potomac. Uh, if you haven't had a chance, yeah. if you go to the Karen been looking land, good. Yeah, she have because she leaving Ray. I, I, I mean, I mean when you're free leaving, when you're free she, from slavery. Leaving Ray. That super trailer gave me um, Nene Greg vibes when they broke up when they divorced. Mm-hmm. So, cause they had yeah. Ray about as old as Greg, and I mean, you know, uh, uh, uh. yeah. So, but yeah, this is a Monique stand account unless you do something problematic. <laughs> if you want to uh, catch the super trailer, go ahead to the Ratchet Ramblings account. It's retweeted on the timeline. And yes. um, with that being said, we will see you guys back next week. Thank you for tuning in. And I'll be out. Peace and stay y'all asses home. <laughs>